Welcome to Manifestable, where we are in front of a live studio audience here in LA. And we have none other but Jen Gottlieb coming out onto the stage. And I can't wait to peel back the curtains and really understand why she wrote the book, Be Seen. Some stories that are shared here are going to rock your world. They're stories that I am actually holding on to that I know are going to change my life and the way I show up and be seen in the world. And I can't wait to welcome Jen to the stage. The key to being seen by other people and creating a community and creating network and creating relationships is not about walking into a room and being the most sparkly or look at me or listen to what I have to say because it's so great or pitching yourself or talking about yourself in the best way. It's actually quite the opposite. It's about listening and being curious and being interested and letting other people be seen. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things and the time to start is now. I'm constantly asked where I find the energy to run three businesses and travel the world all while being a wife and a mom of two. And the truth is there are a lot of tools in my belt to manage my energy, but I have to be really real. One of my favorite ones is drinking cacao bliss. Actually, I am drinking it right now. I like doing it when I have to work because it gives me so much energy. It gives me energy without the crash like caffeine does or like coffee, which totally messes up your adrenals. And it actually taps me into my heart, which makes me feel more connected to source and to source energy. It is absolutely game changing for me. And when I discovered the superfood that cacao is, I knew I needed to bring it to the masses so everyone could experience a healthy alternative to energy drinks, supplements, coffee, whatever it is, so that you have access to a healthy, delicious, amazing chocolatey drink. And that is why I created Cacao Bliss. Now, it's not just raw cacao. It is infused with seven additional superfoods. So it's super amazing for immunity. It has this amazing chocolatey decadent taste with only less than one gram of sugar. So that is insane. So if you want to experience the healing powers of Cacao Bliss, for a limited time only, you can go to earthechofoods.com. You can grab yourself a bag, I suggest two, of <laughs> Cacao Bliss by using the code MANIFESTABLE. This is for all of you Manifestable podcast listeners. Go to earthechofoods.com and use the code at checkout, MANIFESTABLE, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Yeah, 15% off. So go to earthechofoods.com and use MANIFESTABLE at checkout and get 15% off. Now let's get back to the show. I have a question for you. Are you tired of going on dates with no success? Are you currently in a relationship and are longing for a deeper connection? Do you desire a love that transcends time and space and literally is filling you up so that you're never wondering if you're enough or wondering if you're loved or adored? Well, I want to tell you you're not alone and I have just the solution for you. I created a program called the 21 Day Attract Your Soulmate Challenge. This is a program that is incredible journey to manifest the love you truly desire in days. Yeah, you heard that right. 21 days. Whether you're in a relationship, whether you're trying to attract one to just get the most out of the love in your life. So during this 21 day challenge, you'll discover powerful techniques to attract the love that you truly desire 
the, in the love language that you would like to receive. We're talking about a love that ignites your soul, a love that feels like it was written in the stars just for you. This challenge will provide you with daily exercises, affirmations, and secrets to help you become a love magnet. You'll learn how to let go of past baggage, past stories, past experiences, boost your confidence, and open your heart to new possibilities. If you are ready to manifest your soulmate and create a love story for you, if the answer is yes, then I want you to head over to relationship.manifestablepodcast.com to join now. You can also go into the show notes and click the link, but it's relationship.manifestablepodcast.com and you're going to be able to sign up for this challenge. Literally in 21 days, you will be able to write to me and say, oh my goodness, I am in a more loving, more caring, more juicy relationship with my current husband or my current partner. Or you might say, hey, I was single and I was afraid to get into a relationship and now I'm in a relationship I love and adore and it's right for me. There's no better time than now to start attracting the deepest, most passionate relationship of your dreams. And I have to tell you, it's for you. It is for you. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter if it's been good or bad. Let's do this together. I'm going to show you how. Go to relationship.manifestablepodcast.com or click the link in the show notes and sign up now. Send you all my love. Today on Manifestable, we have Jen Gottlieb, who is a powerhouse entrepreneur, international speaker, and co-founder of Super Connector Media, an award-winning training, events, and online education company. She's also the host of the I Dare You podcast and author of Be Seen. Jen is revolutionizing the entrepreneurial world by teaching business owners how to build profitable brands and become recognized experts. As a sought-after speaker, Jen has graced the stages with thought leaders and celebrities such as Gary Vee, Marie Forleo, Snoop Dogg, Martha Stewart, and many more. Most recently, Jen's company, Super Connector Media, was listed on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest-growing private companies in America. I'm excited to peel back the curtain on what motivates Jen to be a powerful speaker. How does she prepare to be a powerful speaker? How does she step into these dreams? She has got a lot of manifesting videos on her social. I want to understand her rhythm, her ways of creating in this world and how it could relate to each one of us and how we can do it too. I can't wait to peel back the curtain on her. Welcome, Jen Gottlieb. This is fun. Yeah, this is, we could be in a, like a little small studio, but why not this? This is way better. (laughs) Hi! (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, you are a powerhouse. And you try to help other people be seen in their powerhouse. Thank you. That's the mission. Yeah. That's the mission. Yeah, because we're all powerhouses. It's not just me. We all have it inside of us. And sometimes I don't feel like it. We were just talking about this in the dressing room in the back. Yep. We don't always feel like our powerhouseness is expansive and out there and we don't always necessarily are able to harness it because there's fear and all the stuff that comes up, but it's in all of us. Yeah. Okay. Tell us why you wrote Be Seen. Mm. Why did you choose? Because we also were talking about how gnarly book writing is. It's gnarly. <laughs> it's a little gnarly. I mean, it's a beautiful process. She said it just kind of flowed. It was an easier process, but what made you say yes to writing it? And what was your mission around it? It's actually a crazy story of how this book was really started. I was, it was like a couple years ago, 
I work with my husband. Chris Winfield is my business partner and my husband. And a couple of years ago, I was feeling really stuck and just, I lost momentum. I was just in a funk. And usually my husband and I will go for walks whenever we don't feel good. If we're fighting, we go for a walk. If we want to come up with ideas, we go for a walk. So we go for a walk in the West Village and we're walking and we bump into this like psychic office. Oh, like cool. Psychic, okay. I and like this. I, I've never had a psychic reading before. This is really honest and vulnerable. I'm actually a little afraid of it because I really believe in manifesting and I'm scared <laughs> you that if I have... tell you something that you don't want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to subconsciously manifest it. So yeah. Chris is like, you know, I'm stuck. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I just don't feel in flow. He's like, we should go get a psychic reading. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And he's like, come on, I dare you. And I take dares very seriously. I'm very much like a, okay, my podcast is called I Dare, I dare You. you. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh. Okay, what do I have to lose? So we walk in and this psychic starts doing these tarot cards and she knows nothing about me. She asks me nothing. This is before I wrote a book, before anything. She looks at me and she goes, you're going to be unbelievably successful on a global scale, but you need to be seen. You're not being seen. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. I'm so seen. Because <laughs> at the time I owned a PR agency. I was helping people be seen. I had a social media following. I was I had a course called the Be Seen Accelerator. And I say to this one, I'm like, see, I knew this was wrong. I knew this, I knew this is crazy. I'm so seen. You're so wrong. <laughs> She's like, all that's coming to me is be seen. Be seen, be seen, be seen. She kept saying it. And I'm like, okay. And I leave and I go to bed that night and I could not sleep. It's like three in the morning, I'm tossing and turning and I'm starting to hear her words in my mind. And, and I started to get like a download. And all of a sudden it, it really came to me that I truly was not being seen. I was teaching other people how to do it. And I was posting really curated, beautiful photos of myself. And I was writing the perfect caption, but there was a wall up and I was still hiding. And if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, you feel that? Maybe you're there. I was there. And when, when I realized it at three o'clock in the morning, which is usually when I realize things like yeah. that for some reason. Spirit's talking to you. <laughs> I woke up and I looked at Chris and I was like, I got to write a book. Because I know that if I write a book, I will challenge myself to be seen in a way that I've never been seen before. Ooh. And at the time when I wrote this book, when I started writing it, it was not called Be Seen. This is where it gets really crazy. I sold my proposal with a different name. Hay House bought a different book. And I was with my good friend, Gabby Bernstein, who wrote The Forward and Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield, a couple of my girlfriends, and we were masterminding about books. And they're like, what's the name of your book? And I told them and they were like, that's not the name of your book. And I was like, you're right. They all said that? Yeah, because they could tell that I didn't love it. I wasn't completely in alignment with the name of this book. It just didn't feel right. And Gabby says to me, she goes, Jen, what do you help people do? And I was like, well, I help people be seen. And she's like, there's your tie. That's the name of your book. And then I go, the psychic, be seen. And then I go to Hay House. I'm like, the name of my book is Be Seen. They're like, of course it is. They were like easy with that. They were like easy. done and done. It was Amazing. meant. And, and really, truly, the time in which I decided to write the book to now, I have had to actually use every single thing that I teach in that book and implement it and use it and do it. And I've been seen on another level. You were talking about my lives that I do every single morning with no makeup on. I would have never done that before. So this book was really written with me as the experiment for the person that 
maybe you don't want to build a brand. Maybe you're not somebody that wants to build a business and be seen for that reason, but maybe you just don't feel seen as your most authentic self in your home, in your family, with your relationships. Maybe you're living your life for somebody that told you that you should show up as a certain way, or you should wear certain clothes, or you should speak a certain way, or you should be this, or you should be that. And then I know so many people that have woken up and they're like, this life I built that I'm being seen as is a life that somebody else wanted for me. And I did that for so long, Danette, when I was on Uh, TV. I wanted to tell that story and I wanted to write the book for that girl. And I always say books are really (laughs) written like for the author to write to themselves. Oh, yes. Yeah. And she did say that in the back. She's like, I'm like looking at this book and doing the practices right now. Full on. Yep. Full on. It's kind of a cool behind the curtain thing to know. We kind of write our books for our own therapy, our own advice, our own growth. It's crazy. Yeah. I keep walking into all these interviews. I'm like, yeah, I wrote the book about being seen. They're like, how's the book going? I'm like, I'm being seen. And it is very scary. (laughs) It's a whole nother level. And, but it is really, really special to me to be able to share this with you and with this audience because I have a feeling that this book is going to impact a lot of people Mm -hmm. because I just, I just shared the truth. Right. I can't wait to dive in. I'm excited for you too. I'm like so excited. And she also is in the same publishing house that I am, which is so fun for me. They need to have a more gathering, but it's Hay House, which is so fun. I love that family. They're awesome. Okay. You have so many things that I think are boiling in you actually. What are you currently manifesting right now? Ooh, and this is very vulnerable. And I actually don't like saying this. It And, and I say, I tell everybody to speak what you want, right? Because you never know who's listening. The universe is always listening. But it's always scary. It's always vulnerable to share your really big goals and what you really desire. But I truly, I just have a knowing. Like, I want to be the greatest motivational speaker of all time. Okay. Thank you. Okay. okay. I don't even know what that means. I honestly don't. I just know. And I like to manifest visions. How will you visions. know you arrived there? So when I'm manifesting and I'm visualizing, I don't necessarily know the actual thing that I want. I, I'll create a vision or an anchor moment in my brain that'll make me feel the feelings that I want to feel. So for me, I have this vision of being on a Broadway stage. So I want to rent out a Broadway theater. And the vision is I see everybody in the audience. I've sold out the Broadway theater and my husband's in the front row and all of my good friends. And I'm just having a moment where I'm on the stage and I'm just feeling that moment and feeling that gratitude of like, I did it. And that's the vision. And whenever I start to feel the fear or I start to feel the doubt, which comes in, and it's okay. And sometimes it's like, oh, I don't believe 100%. Maybe I believe 51%. Maybe sometimes I believe 60%. But I just go back to that vision. And I tap back into that moment where I'm standing on the stage and I see my husband in the front row. Like for some reason, he's like that. I just see him there and that's it for me. And that'll get me into that feeling of gratitude. That'll get me into that vibration where then I can take action in a different way in that moment. So good. I'm here for it. Okay. So she wants to be the greatest speaker of all time. And she's going to know because she's going to be in a Broadway theater. You guys take note of this because we are here for the fun. And there's a large, she'll know that that's packed out and that her family, and I'm repeating this because I'm holding this for you. They're your friends and family, but you're going to really notice your husband. And that's going to be a cue marker for you. So powerful. Love that. Thanks for holding this with me. Yeah. That's, it's a vulnerable, scary thing to share your big goals with someone. It but is. this is a very safe space. So... Oh, it is Thank a super you. safe space. <laughs> what was 14-year-old Jen like? 14 was a rough time for what Jen. Were you, oh, it's interesting yeah, I picked it. It's really interesting that you picked it. That was, a good, that was a good age to pick, actually, if you really want to go down and dirty. 14-year-old Jen literally was really lost. 
So when I was a little girl, I was in the fullest expression of who I was always. I was that little kid that always wanted to be dancing on a table, on a stage. Look at me. I'm putting on a show. I let my belly hang out. I had frizzy hair. I would be singing and dancing. You're just super open. I was just loud and proud and didn't care what anybody thought of me. I have an amazing family. And my dad would always be like videoing me. And in the book, I, I talk about like my favorite memories when I'm the most in the pocket is when I'm remembering the moments of my dad, like with the video camera, me being like, singing Annie and Michael Jackson and Little Mermaid and and all of that. And when I was about 14 years old, it's funny that you chose that age. I tend to do these things. <laughs> my parents told me they were getting divorced. My dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And my family that was, you know, my anchor really fell apart in that moment. And I started to look for attention and what I needed in all the wrong places. I developed a severe eating disorder at 14. I was getting into a lot of trouble. I wasn't showing up at school. I was really, really lost. And I had lost that little girl. I lost that little girl because I was like, everything that made me special and different, I wanted to dim it down because I wanted to be like the cool kids in school. I wanted them to accept me. I wanted to be able to sit with them at lunch. So I went from being like this like loud, proud, really crazy, weird girl that was just like, this is me, to being like, how can I be like those girls? I have to be skinnier. I have to wear these clothes. I have to wear this makeup. I have to fit in. And I lost myself in a really big way. And it took me quite a while to get back to real Jen. That's what I, I you talk call, about that. I talk book. about in the book, getting back to real Jen. Is there a part of you, this is vulnerable. Is there a part of you that still feels you have to look or show up a certain way to be included in? I'm at a point now, I think maybe several years ago, maybe even a year ago, I was definitely playing with that idea. Like I need to be this person in order to fit into this crowd and this industry and what we're doing. And it actually shifted for me when I... So I dress the way that I dress and it's one of the, my favorite things. I love getting dressed for speaking engagements. Like it's my... And, and to be feminine and sexy and wear it's whatever I want. part of that wild girl probably... Right? That yeah. girl is just like, let me be who I want to be. And I just want to like... Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's part of who I am. And it's it's part of what helps me be confident on stage. And I have a speaker agent and he called me and he's like, listen, I've been pitching you to a lot of different stages and, and you've been rejected by three different stages now because they think that you dress too provocatively. And he said to me, he's like, could you please just tone it down? Like, could you please... Like, just maybe you could wear, you know, like slacks and like not a crop top. And I really did think for a second, okay, maybe I do need to do this. Because it's your dream. You want to exactly, go out. Yes, exactly. This is a good conversation. I, I did. Love and, and even though my heart was like, my immediate reaction was like, screw them. Right? But then I was like, then I, well, if this is what I need to do to fit in, to do what I want to do, maybe this is what I need to do. And I took a second and I actually, I posted about it on social media. I wanted to talk it through with my community and I, and I posted about it and I got, I think it was like thousands of comments from women saying, the way that you dress is what empowers me to go be me. And that's part of who you are and that's part of your brand. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to turn down every single stage that doesn't want me because of the way that I dress. And I'm just going to be completely in whoever I am. I'm going to speak the way that I speak. I'm going to curse if I want to. I'm going to wear whatever outfits I want to. And whoever's not for me is just not going to be for me. And that's okay. And that's going to bring forth all of the things that are for me. Because in being seen, when you want to really truly be seen, it's about being seen not as the person that 
everybody else wants you to be. Being seen as who you are, because that's how you're going to attract everything that you truly desire. We attract what we are. So if you're walking around being a version of yourself, that's what everybody else wants you to be. You're going to attract everything that's wrong for you. But when you can shine your light as you, you know who that little girl is inside of you or that little boy, that little person, whatever that little person is, you will attract more of that into your life. People, opportunities, everything that you want. And I've found that whenever I do that, that's when I'm always on the right path and I feel the best about the things that I'm doing. Wow. How do you feel on stage? What makes you want to be on stage? Well, is it still that little girl? Yeah. I will never forget when I was eight years old. This is a moment. I, you know when you have those moments when you're a little kid, that it, like memories that are like time-stamped in your brain? When I was, I think I was eight, and I was in this children's theater group, and I always wanted to be Annie. That was my dream, like to be, the sun will come out tomorrow, Annie. <laughs> I never got to be Annie. This was the closest I ever got to being Annie. I dare you to dress like Annie on one of your... Oh my God, that would be funny. <laughs> But I, for this show, we were singing songs from all different musicals and I was wearing this red leotard and these bedazzled overalls and I was standing on a stage looking out at the audience and singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow with this other group of kids. And when we were done, they had us all step forward and say our name and say what we wanted to be when we grew up. It was like the thing that we did in the show. And I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I stepped forward, the lights on me and I saw my mom and my dad in the audience and I saw all the people looking at me smiling. And I was connecting with these people and I could really feel the fact that whatever they were worried about that day, they were not worried about in that moment. And I was taking them out of something and bringing them into a land where they were completely immersed in this joy and this happiness of looking at all these kids on the stage. And I was like, I'm Jenny Gottlieb. And when I grow up, I want to be a Broadway star. And I said it, I, was, I looked out and I was like, there is nothing better than this this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I knew it in that moment. But here's what's crazy. I went and had a traditional acting career. And I thought that my purpose was to be an actress. I always thought this. And I went to auditions and I thought I was going to read other people's lines and sing other people's songs and wait for somebody to pick me. And I did a Broadway national tour. I traveled the Whoa. country with a Broadway show. And I was on a TV show on VH1 for five years about heavy metal music, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> and we'll go back to my dad, who's my biggest fan. This, is, this was the crazy moment where it all really came together. My dad, obviously, I told you, was diagnosed with MS. So now that I'm a speaker, which is me getting to be on stage in my own way, saying my own words, I'm still performing. I'm still like, oh my God, there's nothing better than this. We're still connecting. We're still having this moment. It is this or something better, right? It's so much better than reading somebody else's lines. But now I'm speaking all over the place. And my dad, who is like my number one fan in life, could never travel to see me speak. So he had never been able to come see me, which was weird for us because he was always like, always there, you know? And I got invited to speak at a real estate event in Florida, right where my dad lives. And so my dad, he's like, I don't care how far I have to walk with my cane in that casino. I'm going to get there and I'm going to see you speak. And so my dad got to come and he was sitting in the front row. And I love speaking to rooms full of like men, <laughs> broies, bro, 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 as bro as you get, because they don't even know what's about to hit them. And like, these were like real estate investors and they were there to learn how to invest in real estate. And I had them all stand up and close their eyes and visualize their perfect day. <laughs> And they were all doing it. And my dad, I look at him and he is 
crying. And we get in the car after and he looks at me and he's like, this is what it was all for. All the auditions, all the shows, all the school, all the trainings, all the performances, all of it. Like we always thought it was for something that we were striving for, but it, what, it was for this. And that was my ultimate reminder of sometimes it's what you want, what you're manifesting. You think it's this thing, but sometimes if you just consistently take action and you focus on the feeling that you desire instead of the actual vehicle, you will get something so much better that you didn't even know existed. And that moment with my dad and speaking on stage is that for me. That little girl that was like singing Annie, she didn't know that it wasn't Annie. It wasn't. That's really powerful. Wow. Is he still here with us? Yeah. That was recent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like last year. That was last year. Yeah. Powerful. That lit a fire, I bet. Oh, beyond. Yeah. You're on a new trajectory. What is the greatest thing you want to speak on? Or is that going to change, you think? I think it's going to change. I think it's going to change and evolve as I evolve. Because I'm not where I want, you know, we're always evolving. We're always changing. I don't have it all figured out. In fact, I don't even know if I have that much figured out at all. And when I speak, I never want to claim to know all the answers. I just want to be a living example of my truth and what's going on. And the keynote that I'm doing right now, what I love about it is that it's stories. And I love to tell stories because I know that I can hear the same story on like 10 different days and I'll resonate with it in 10 different ways. Each day I hear it wherever I am in my life. And that is my favorite thing to do. Like I could tell the same story to you guys today that I could tell you maybe next week and maybe next week you'll hear it differently because something happened and you needed to hear it in that way, shape or form. And maybe something happened to me within those 10 days that I told it in a different way and I experienced it in a different way. And the cool thing about public speaking and motivational speaking that's more fun for me than traditional acting is that I get to bring my real experience to the table and just be actually like living life in it and change it and shift it and be with the audience and, and feel the energy and give them what they need. And they can give me what I need, which a lot of the times is what happens is that I'm given what I need from the audience in that moment. And it's this beautiful connection. And I just want to keep speaking about what's, what's going real on. for you now. What's real. Yeah. For you now. For someone who's interested in becoming a speaker, being seen more and doing it the way maybe similar to your dreams what path would you put them on? I mean, how did you start getting on stages? Did you do it for free? Did you reach out and say, I'll speak for you? Like, tell us how you are bridging, you bridge the dream, not where you're at now, but like that first initial stage presence and then the next one and then the next one. What did you do? I love this. There's a couple of steps. The first one, it always starts with relationships and connections. Opportunities come from people. So I spent a lot of time getting in rooms and figuring out how I can help people. That's how you build relationships. How can I provide value? Connecting with humans, being part of masterminds, going to events, inviting friends out to dinner, telling people that I want to speak. It's scary, but you tell people and then you never know. And someone's like, oh, Jen wants to. And then of course, I'll do it for free, getting my reps. So that's the second thing. So once you've made the relationships and the connections and you tell people that you want it and you're constantly providing value for people, figuring out how you can help other people, getting in those rooms, then you need to be really good at what you do. So you need to practice. How do you practice? I'm going to tell you. Yeah. You know how I practice. <laughs> but it's actually a fun story of how I, I learned that it's okay to be a beginner no matter where you're at. I live in New York City. I came from New York to be with Danette. And mm -hmm. I live... Yeah. <laughs> 
I live right down the street from this little tiny comedy club, like 15 seat comedy club. And we actually know the owner there. And one day, it was like a couple years ago, it was Labor Day weekend. There was nobody in the city. The owner calls us and he's like, Jen, Jerry Seinfeld's going to be at this comedy club. You have to get over here. And I'm like, yes. So we like run (laughs) to this little theater. We're going to go see Jerry Seinfeld, like the highest paid comedian of all time perform in like right in front of us. So we get there and Jerry starts bombing. Like he sucked. And like everyone was really uncomfortable because his jokes weren't hitting and no one was laughing. Oh, whoa. That would be so uncomfortable for It was me. so uncomfortable. I couldn't even take it. It was like secondhand embarrassment, you know? When you, when you feel, I was like, what do we even do? And then all of a sudden, he pulls out this note card and he starts reading jokes off of a note card. Jerry Seinfeld. And I look at Chris and I go, he's practicing right now. He's getting his reps in. He's allowing himself to be a beginner. He's allowing himself to suck in front of people in order to figure out what works and what doesn't so he can do it on the big stage. And seeing someone at that level allow themselves to be seen in their imperfectness, in their rehearsal, made a light bulb go off in me. And I said, I need to be a beginner and I need to be seen messing up and I need to be able to figure out what works and what doesn't. I need to practice. And I can't get on a stage like this every day. So I use the stage in my pocket. We all have a stage in our pocket. It's that little iPhone or Android or whatever you got going on in your purse right now. And I decided that I was going to go live every single day while I put my makeup on and practice answering people's questions. And that was the most vulnerable thing that I could have done because I am always in my makeup, okay? (laughs) I have never, and I was like, okay, this is my test in being seen. Not only am I gonna answer people's questions and practice talking to people and practice my stories and practice my keynote every single day, I'm gonna do it while I put my face on so I can truly let people see me. And all of those reps every single day, I think I've had hundreds of reps now, that's what's built my keynote. That's what makes me good at doing Q&A because I practice every day. And some of them suck. Some of them don't make any sense. Some of them, the camera's falling all over the place. Some of them, my dogs are jumping up on the vanity and like everything is going crazy in my house. But that's how I've been able to get good at what I do. And that's how I'm going to consistently continue to practice because you don't get stages every day. I did not know this story. That is amazing. I didn't know Jerry Seinfeld did that. And that gives me permission, gives us all permission. Like we don't have to be experts right out of the gate. And to honestly stand up and do comedy and not have anyone laugh, like that gives me massive permission because we're not trying to make people laugh out here. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. My therapist always asks me, she's like, what's your relationship with XYZ? So for me, when I was, I was having a moment about my book, this is my first book ever, never written a book before. But I, of course, was coming at it like, because all my friends have written, but like, you know, like I have to be unbelievably successful right out the gate. And she goes, Jen, what is your relationship with being a beginner? And I'm like, oh, she goes, have you ever written a book before? I'm like, no. Well, I, then how would you even know how to do all these things? You're going to figure it out. Like we have to allow ourselves to be at chapter one and stop comparing our chapter one to other people's chapter 20. We scroll the internet and we see everybody's final product. And that's okay. That's what it's for. People showcase their best lives, their best selves, the finished product, the amazing podcast that they've been doing for 10 years. And we don't even see the first episode. We don't see 
the ugly start. And we can compare our ugly start, which everybody has, everybody starts at zero, to somebody else's chapter 20. Or we can say, you know what? My relationship with this beginning is that I, I'm okay with it. And I'm going to take people along the journey and I'm going to allow people to see me in my mess and my imperfection and allow them to see the fact that I am still at chapter one and this is my beginning. But guess what? The more that I take action, knowing it's okay to be a beginner, the faster I get to intermediate and the faster I get to advance. But if you wait until it's perfect and you try to get chapter 20 as chapter one and you wait for that moment to happen without taking action, you're never going to start. You're never going to be seen. So true. So in, I know you're a big manifester. Like yeah. you talk about it. She has like stuff on social about it. She researches people that have lived into their dreams and what were the things they said maybe in interviews. I know that this is a big, big topic and a big part of your embodiment practice. Do you go towards your fear in this process of manifesting? Do you ever look at what your deepest fears are? Oh, yes. You do. <laughs> Yes. And what would you say is the one of the deeper fears you're facing now? I think right now the deepest fear, and I, I heard it was Allison, Alice. She said, um, or you said, being misunderstood. I think right now it would be crazy being seen on this level to not say that my, at least let you guys in and let you know vulnerably, like my fear is that not everyone's going to like it that people are not going to understand it, that it's going to, I'm going to get judged, that people are going to say, like, when you are seen on this level, you're putting yourself out there for not only for people to love you and for people to get helped and for people to be impacted, but also for people to not like it. And I'm, I'm saying, like, my therapist is in my head, Jen, what do you want your relationship with that to be? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want your perspective of that to be? And I, Danette, with manifesting, people ask me, I'm sure people ask you this question all the time, like, can you never have a negative thought when manifesting? Can you never acknowledge your fear because you're going to accidentally manifest those things into an existence? And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Well, the reason I asked you your fear is because I'm a big believer that we have to go to that fear, that we have to go to the trauma. And we've been talking about this over the last couple of days, but this idea of flooding it and feeling it, whether it's jealousy, it's hate, it's not being seen, not being loved, not being, you know, misinterpreted or losing all your friends or losing your partner. There's always a layer to whatever the past trauma has created of this deep, almost fear. And a lot of times it's very, very, very hidden and subconscious, but you getting to that layer, I believe, and filling it, like filling it and pulling out the Jenga piece, like we were talking about, like pulling and letting yourself crumble in that fear. And like Amelia was saying, just fill up with a jealousy and let yourself fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. I believe there's like this pop that happens and love can come through. And then when love comes through, that's literally like if you were to talk about those race cars and they like say, I have two turbo juice. That's like the turbo juice is that love feeling, which can really only come when we accept our fears and when we accept our nothingness and when we accept that we are everything and nothing, like truly not just saying it, but like, I am nothing and I'm everything. And do I love myself, whether my spouse loves me, my, my friends love me, if anyone loves my book or reads my book or buys my product or doesn't buy my product or thinks I'm pretty or not pretty or smart or whatever the thing is, 
that becomes jet fuel for manifesting, in my opinion. Uh, that's why I asked you. <laughs> no, but I was curious. Beautiful. Like, yes. Yeah, because it sounds like you're doing the work all the time. Like you have a therapist that are, you're like uncovering this and they're kind of doing ninja work with you to uncover it. Yeah. And I'm doing the work all the time with my actions. I, I, Chris and I always say like, we work really hard to make our life easy. I'm reminding myself consistently and constantly that I'm, my fear is not going to go away. I can't push my fear away. I'm a, an achiever. I, oh, I yeah. want those, you guys, like people like you, you just want to like bust it out. I want to like, be like, I'm going to punch fear in the face. <laughs> I am not going to let fear in. But what I've learned about fear is that what you resist persists and fear is always going to be there. And I talk to some of the most successful people in the world and I ask them all the time. My favorite question is, does fear ever go away? And they always say, no, you just get a lot better at doing things with fear there anyway. So I've been really working on embracing my fear and putting my arm around it and seeing it and feeling like, I see you, I hear you, I get what you're doing right now. I know you're not going to go anywhere. I understand you're just trying to keep me safe, but I am not in danger right now, okay? We're good. You're going to come along with me. I'm going to put my arm around you and we're going to go take action anyway and we're going to do it together. And the more that I take action with fear right there with me and I understand that I can experience that discomfort of going through an action even though I'm scared or I'm afraid or it sucks and I can get to the other side of that discomfort, every single time I do that and I can say, wow, I did it. That di I didn't die. That's okay. Fear didn't kill me. I did it. It's okay. I become more confident and I become more equipped to go do it again the next time. And I always say like discomfort's temporary, Jenny. The person that you become on the other side of that discomfort, that's the person that you want to be. But how can you do the hard thing with grace and love and joy and understand and know that like it's your relationship with fear. It's your perception of this fear. And then you take the, the power away from fear and you can do anything. So good. Obviously, you can see she's very multifaceted. Does anybody have a question? Like you can ask about her dress. You can ask makeup. You can ask like PR questions. You can ask uh, things that are in the book be seen, like how you can be seen. If anybody has a question, go ahead and stand at the microphone. But I'm going to ask her a question while you think of maybe a question you might want to ask her. What would be one thing in the book right now that we could all do to be seen more for those who want to be seen? And by the way, we all want to be seen. I actually believe every single one of us. And that's why we have people around us is because we're meant to be seen. And whether you think that's your calling or not, we want to be seen and we want to be seen for our love and our light and our soul. And so what would be that one thing in the book that you would recommend we step into? There's so much in the book as far as tactical and strategic ways to build a brand and be seen, but I don't want to talk about that because I don't believe that if you want to be seen or build a brand and you're not doing it, I don't think it's because you don't know how. In fact, I know it's not because you don't know how because you can get anything that you want to know on the internet right now for free and you can learn how to do it. It's because of the fear. It's because of the fear of judgment. It's because of maybe not allowing yourself to step into who real Danette is, real insert your name is. And so in the beginning of the book, the whole beginning is part one's called Be Courageous. But it's really about being courageous enough to be like, real Jen. So we were talking about little Jen in the beginning of this, like who were you when you were that little girl, when you were free, 
before the conditioning happened, before somebody told you who you should be or what you should be like or how you should sit or how you should dress or how you should communicate or what you should be when you grow up. When you were just the fullest, purest version of you, who was that? And in the book, I talk about setting the scene and it's an acronym. And I actually used method acting to learn how to do this because I really wanted to tap back into who I really was after I lost myself. I was on that TV show about heavy metal music for five years and uh, got really out of alignment and lost Real Jen in a big way. And I had to find her again. And so I started practicing going for what I call wonder walks. And it's going for a walk and using some form of sensory. So whether that is smell or sound or touch or looking at photos of a time when I felt in the pocket or in flow. So what I would do is I would go for walks listening to Annie or The Little Mermaid or Michael Jackson, which was, I was the biggest Michael Jackson fan when I was a little kid. And I would walk around embodying. So first I would sense S in the acronym. I would sense that I would hear the song and then I would start to embody who I was during that time. Because that sense memory can bring back a memory immediately. You guys know if you hear a song from like high school or something, you're like, whoa, I feel like I felt like when I was in high school. All of a sudden I'll feel like, oh, little Jen. And I'll start to feel the way that she felt so free. And then I'll walk around and I'll embody her and I'll experience the world as her. And then I'll navigate through my choices and my actions as that little girl. And usually that song or that maybe a scent of like my mom's perfume or maybe the taste of something I used to eat back then, or maybe it's looking at a photo or watching a video will bring me back into that body of that little girl. And I can make decisions based on what she would want and what she would do. And it helps me tap back in. So then I can be seen as the most authentic version of me and stop putting on the mask and start doing and saying and being like everybody else. I think everybody else wants me to be. And if I had one ask for you, because I don't know what you guys want to do, if you want to build a brand or if you want to build a business, maybe it's just you want to feel more seen in your life. I want you to be seen as the real you. The real you that was there before everything else came in and told you what you should be like. So go for a wonder walk. <laughs> wonder walk. I'm going to try that. I'm going to play Little Mermaid. All the little things, all the people are. Yes, yes. <laughs> Look at this totally. stuff, isn't it? I know. I, I remember. I remember me feeling, like, feeling all that. All right, I'm going to let you ask your question. Hi. So here's a question for you: If you were to take away the stage, no longer going on a stage, how would you? choose in your life creatively to be seen? What would you do if there was no more stage, no more speaker? Yeah. But how would you transcend that to being seen? That's a really good question. It is a really good question. A really good question. So You don't have a phone either. All right. The thing that comes up for out. me, and the third part of the book is called Be Connected. Because you can't be seen if you don't have people <laughs> to see and to be seen by. And the key to being seen by other people and creating a community and creating network and creating relationships is not about walking into a room and being the most sparkly or look at me or listen to what I have to say because it's so great or pitching yourself or talking about yourself in the best way. It's actually quite the opposite. It's about listening and being curious and being interested and letting other people be seen. And so for me, my favorite part of being on stage is like looking at you guys, you know, and feeling the connection and really 
hopefully getting, you know, you to have that aha moment and trying to feel what you need in this moment and be able to give it to you. So if I couldn't have a stage, I would literally walk around the planet asking people a million questions about themselves and figure out how I could help them in that moment. And maybe that is to my downfall because I just always like, I'm that person that I'm like, I'm really bad at receiving compliments. Like I'm with my friends like, great job. I'm like, but what about you? (laughs) I can't receive that. I can't. It's very hard for me, but that's what I would do. I would truly try to connect with people and do that by being curious about them and asking questions about them and figuring out what they need in that moment and how I can provide value. Woof. So good. Wow. That, I mean, that was brilliant question. Great question. So, Great question. Yeah, we're in closing. So I like to ask every guest this because I really feel like it brings you back to your center. You're going to walk off this stage. You probably heard me ask Allison, but you're going to get in your car and you are going to get in a plane and you're going to go home and it's going to be Monday and then it's going to be Tuesday and then it's going to be Wednesday and then Thursday you get the call and they're like, this is it. This is the last day. And you actually are going to have a stage because we know that's your dream. And you're going to stand in front of millions of people. It's going to be the biggest stage that you've ever seen or witnessed ever in this lifetime. And you have one thing to say before you exit. thing that's coming to me because I, I think about the end of my life a lot. And I think about that, that last day and, and, if for some crazy reason on that last day, I had to meet the version of myself that that took every day and squeezed all the juice out of the lemon and, and connected and laid it all out on the field and did the thing. And I, I, I meet that girl and I get to see her and I get to see what she's done and the life that she lived and the people that she impacted. And if I'm not close to that girl and I don't recognize that girl and that girl's not me, that's going to be a really terrible day for me. So what I would share with people the message that's coming through is to not hold yourself back based on what other people or the perception or what you think other people are going to think of you. The biggest problem that I see today is people are not taking action on their dreams. They're not going for it. They're not doing the thing they know in their heart they want to do more than anything in the entire world, or they're not being with the person that they want to be with, or they're not being their true selves because they're afraid of what random people on the internet or random people from their past or people in their life are going to think about them. But when you get to that last day and you're on your deathbed and you're, you're laying there and you're thinking about your life, none of those people's opinions matter. It doesn't matter. You get this life one time. You get this day one time. No matter what, we're all going to end up in our bed tonight. I know that for sure. I am 100% certain you will all end up in your bed tonight. You'll look up at the ceiling and you're going to be thinking about me because you're going to be thinking about this concept. You are. It's going to be 2.5 seconds later. We get to decide how we want to use this day. We get to decide how we want to use tomorrow. And you just told me like by Thursday, I'm going to be dead. I don't like, I need to make sure that I use this gift and not use the gift based on what random people out there are going to think of my decisions or of my choices, because that would just be an absolute travesty because there are so many people out there and I'm looking at each and every one of you. I know that you have amazing gifts that if you allow the world to see them, you're going to help people that need you. And every day that goes by that you're not making yourself visible to those people that you can help and you're not allowing them to see you, whether that is on a big stage or just in your home or with your neighbors or with your friends and with your family, 
is another day that those people are maybe going to go see someone else or listen to someone else or follow someone else or buy from someone else or even maybe talk to somebody else who's not as good as you and doesn't care as much as you simply because you're just hiding and you're, you're playing it too safe because you're afraid of what random people will think of you. It's your responsibility to be seen and to take this day that we've been given this one day and to live it to your fullest because it's your life. It's nobody else's life. Amen. That's what I would say. Men. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for impacting me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for flying here. I know you are doing so many things and you're heading back. So we're sending you all the love as you get back on the plane and head back to your family and to all your things. And I'm cheering for you. Thank you You're so much. magical. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend, have you in my life and be able to be here with you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, you are amazing too. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being on the show. You know, creating Cacao Bliss has been such an honor. And I know some of you might be intrigued if you have not tried Cacao Bliss. Is it really that good? Is it really that good for my body? Am I going to love it or are my kids going to love it? So I want to make sure that if you want to try it and you know what I'm talking about here and why it became the fastest growing company on Inc. 500, go ahead and get a bag or two. And I'm going to give you 15% off at checkout. So in the show notes, you're just going to click on that link and get a bag or two of Cacao Bliss and I'm going to give you 15% off your order. All you need to do is put Manifestable at checkout so I can give you 15% off. Use the word Manifestable at checkout. M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-I-V-A-L, Manifestable at checkout and you're going to get 15% off. All right. I love you guys and thanks for tuning into this episode.